That's so cheap. Welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Theatre of Blood. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joe. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like Theatre of Blood, listen to this show at your own risk. <laughs> I'm trying that to make one, it. That one works. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Seriously, though, if you've never heard the show before, then hold on to your horses because we're about to take you on a ride. Essentially, we take a film and put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's all also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans to keep you entertained, including a caption contest, a quiz, some questionable impressions, some hauntingly average organ music, some spooky sound effects, and a whole lot of banter. So do stick around. Now, this week's film on trial is the 1973 horror classic, Theatre of Blood. Is it to be or is it not to be? That is the question. I don't want to jinx this, but I think this is the best. <laughs> so far. No perfect, yeah. Yeah. This is the most logical and appropriate intro that we've ever had. I think it, like, uh, this is the one I'm going to submit to the Academy for potential awards. It's your keyboard, so that's what it's going to come down to. <laughs> so like, literally don't fuck it up. Okay, so now you can... Um, well, before we get on to the bulk of the show, this is just going to be a very spoilerific episode. So if you haven't seen the film that came out in 1973 yet, I mean, don't hate the player. You can either watch it on Amazon for free, you can watch it on YouTube for free, although I don't know how legal that is, or you can just trust our judgments. Alternatively, you can fast forward to our quiz. This week, it's brought to you by me, which Ozzy says he's going to highlight in the comments section below, but he probably won't. But I reckon <laughs> it'll start around the 40 minute mark if you want to fast forward to that. Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was Mother. (laughs) (laughs) I decided to change my sound effects this week. Thank (laughs) God. Yeah. And maybe a little on the nose. Uh, Now, Joel, you judged that trial. You deemed that Mother should be placed on the shit list. You've since gone away and you've watched the film. What do you reckon? Do you reckon you made the right choice or not? I reckon when I watched it, I got the idea the the filmmaker was quite happy to have it it be such a polarizing film. Like, I don't think it's going to be for everyone. I think he accepted that when he made it. So for me, it's on the shit list. <clears throat> but I think if you ask the bald man next to me, he'd say it's on, it should be on the hit list. So <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> He has a name. Oh, oh. Well, thank you very much for that, Joel. Uh, now, yeah, thanks. <laughs> now, before we go on uh, to the bulk of the show, I think it's time for Alex's spooky film feels. Dinosaur? Godzilla? Yeah, well done, Dave. It's Godzilla. Well done. I know that roar anyway. (laughs) Right, well, uh, actually, this week, I'm going to pass it over to Joel. I ran out of ideas. Film feels it's a very taxing thing to do every week. And uh, my good friend Joel, who I respect a great deal. (laughs) Is he the one sat next to you with the hair? He's the one sat next to me. Screw you guys. (laughs) So, um... You know, Theatre of Blood, there's lots of uh, inventive deaths in there, some might say. Uh, so this week it's just what's your favourite kind of death scene in a horror movie. There's obviously a lot of them. Uh, some of them are gross, some of them are funny, some of them inventive. So which one's your favourite? 
Um, I think I'm going to speak on behalf of everybody here and say the... Um, Not Halloween 3. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the, uh, the scene from The Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> where he gets murdered by bees. That's a good one. Classic. That's a good one. I think, seriously, um, the Captain Rhodes being torn apart by a horde of zombies at the end of Day of the Dead. I think that is one of like the famous horror like death scenes. It's absolutely fantastic. The actor was like, kind of... In, in the floor essentially and he had this entire like fake body um, attached to his sort of like shoulders and it was just ripped apart and, and it was like, it's just so much meat and so much intestines <laughs> and the zombies were like gnawing through it so, and I, it, I read it later on that like they stored it in a fridge like all the meat um, but the fridge was turned off so by the uh, time they actually came to using it it was all off and it just like absolutely stunk uh, and you had all these extras pretending to eat this like rancid meat <laughs> And uh, yeah, the, the oh, director even be in character as well. You've got to look yeah, like you're yeah. loving it. Haven't yeah. You? Yeah. yeah, the director the was, so many. was born that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right for me, it's got to be in the Omen with the the scene with the priest when this is it the spire falls off. Oh yeah, uh, is it lightning? It's been a while since I've seen it. Lightning hits and the spire goes off, and you're like, "What's going on here?" And then it goes through his mouth. Yeah, and, uh, it was just I didn't expect it. And it really stuck with me for years and years. I think I saw, this is a bit of a gav film for me. I saw that when I was like eight or something. Far too young. <laughs> was it me who forced you to watch it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just terrifying. It's really stuck with me. And, and coincidentally, David Warner has been the exact same age. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he has not aged a single day. Yeah, he's yeah, always looked about 50. Well, his death from the Omen was pretty good as well, actually. Pain of Glass, wasn't it? Death by... Yeah, yeah, Death by Glass. glass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit, I've seen the Omen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I totally was just laughing along for fun there, but yeah. There's a couple <laughs> of good ones in the yeah, It's pretty gruesome, yeah. Is that what essentially spawned Final Destination? All of that in the <laughs> ah, Omen. Could be. Yeah. yeah, I was going to do um, the Friday the Thirteenth, where Johnny Depp gets like sucked into the bed, and then it's a good night on What is our problem with not remembering Friday the Thirteenth? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that one with Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 and just like the amount of fake blood they must have used yeah, for yeah. that scene in particular, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, if I had a bit, want to probably say Silence of the Lambs, the scene in the jail cell mm. where Oof. Hannibal Lecter kills two police officers. And I think it's just one of the most chilling death scenes. Ever. It's just the the brutality behind it, but yet the calmness yeah. as well. The the oh yeah, with the hammer. Yeah, he just walks up. To the, him, he picks it? up his own truncheon and just yes, yeah, yeah, casually yeah. beats him. That you've never seen anyone get beaten there so casually. I know. I think that's why it sticks in your mind. Why it's so sort of graphic because it's done so calmly, like yeah. chillingly. Yeah. I think the the fact that he's wearing the guy's face as well when he's later taken on, out yeah. later yeah, 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 that, yeah. that also stuck with me. Yeah. Too. <laughs> Well, I'm 75% away from getting a home run here, so I'm going to go for Saw again. <laughs> uh, but not the original. One of the ones that really sticks in my mind, and I can't really remember what Saw it's from, because uh, they all kind of blurred into one at the end. But one thing you can't take away from those films is how inventive some of the deaths are. And I think I've even shown this one to you guys on YouTube. It's I can't even remember the context of it, but it's a guy, and there's like big spikes on the ceiling, but they're filled with acid, and then they drop down. And they fill his body with acid and it basically melts from the inside. Like all his guts and stuff start melting out the inside. And oh my his, God. his like torso like just basically melts off. It, it's fucking horrible. Like I wouldn't even recommend watching it. But it, <laughs> like, it, it, it do you even think about it. that? You know what exactly. I mean? The writer's room terrible. in like the Saw films must just be fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think everyone's just talking normally and then someone comes up with something like that and it's like, oh... 
<laughs> yeah, but then one. somebody goes like, yeah, yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. Really, like, what is wrong with you? Really elaborate traps as well. It's like, how much time does John Kramer have on his hands? <laughs> yeah. Can I do this? Like, Considering yeah. the man was dying. <laughs> that's why, it, like, that twist in the first Saw film, him being in the room, like, he, that, wasn't, that wasn't meant to be. He probably just collapsed from exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> Woke up halfway through shit. <laughs> okay, right, thank you very much for that, Alex and Joel. Okay, wow. <laughs> they are scream. spooky, yeah. Um, okay, so moving on to the bulk of the show. This week's film mentioned before is Theatre of Blood. Now, this is very, very slapdash, this one. <laughs> Come on, you can uh, do it. I, I'm going to even go. All right, I'm going. Keep going. No, they're off the piss. Uh, Dom, uh, Dom McLean? Yeah, it is Dom McLean. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's Vincent by uh, Dom McLean. Uh, like, I, you said to me before, what are you going to play in the organ? I was like, oh shit, I haven't even thought of this. Has anything got theatre in? And Dave was like, play uh, Vincent by Dom McLean. I was like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I was like, Didn't practice. how the fuck does that go? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to hear Tom Vincent on the keyboard. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Dave. Uh, so yeah, as you said before, this is Theatre of Blood. It, it hasn't been picked out of the hat at random this week, but instead it's been chosen by Dave as part of our Halloween Horror Month. Now, uh, when it comes to insults here, guys, I've gone for classic universal horror films, okay? Mm. So, as Dave has picked the film, he will be defending it and trying to place it on the hit list. Now, Dave is a little bit like the Invisible Man. Nobody notices when he's around. (laughs) 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 Sorry, they are cutting. Uh, The rest of the roles have been picked at the, out of the hat at random so joining Dave in defence will be me now I'm a little bit like Dracula I always look like I've hardly slept and then I need a blood transfusion and I, I feel suffer. like when Dave gets such a cut in one <laughs> I know it's only going to be bad for the rest of us <laughs> he's the nicest one <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry Dave I say, so acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on their shit list will be Ozzy and Joel now Joel is a little like Frankenstein's monster monosyllabic emotionally dead and he looks like the type of guy who would be chased around by a horde of fiery pitchfork wielding villagers <laughs> and Ozzy is a little bit like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde he's a very industrious and dapper gent but after drinking a few potions he turns into a complete arsehole <laughs> now just like real court advocates you didn't we'll do be... Brucey no it's coming up here we go anyway, now just like, just like calm, calm down you're getting ahead of yourself here now just like real court advocates we'll be making the best case for our roles these may or may not be our real opinions though so do stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear our real thoughts let's just go on with the episode now come on <laughs> which means <laughs> <laughs> Alex has right. the most important role as can he'll I, be playing can the I judge. Guess what my one's about what is it? What Joel was talking about before? Is it is it being bald? Is that what we're going for again? <laughs> like honestly, I'm a very versatile comedian, <laughs> right? You just think that I'm some one punchline guy, and I'm just obviously going to refer to you being bald. Uh, you know, I, I've spent weeks creating this script, oh, so just give me some credit, please. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. You, you should be sorry. <laughs> uh, Alex is just like the Wolfman. He's incredibly hairy. Uh, apart from his head, where he's bald. <laughs> <laughs> he's bald. Hey, look at that man is bald. <laughs> but he's got a very hairy body. <laughs> Thank, thanks, guys. Now, Alex oh. must decide which list the film should be placed on, hit or shit. What side are you on? 
I'm going to sit this one out. Uh, he must decide which list of the film should be placed on based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion, which is good because he has never seen the film before. Now, before we get started, I think we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about. So let us spin the wheel of impressions. So here we read off the synopsis in the style, uh, sorry, uh, the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. This week it has landed on Dave. Um, so Dave, how would uh, how would we like Dave to read out the synopsis? There's only one character in it, really. Isn't there? Yeah, so it's got it's got to be. There's Vincent not Price. only one character. In it, okay? <laughs> well, I mean, Gav agreed, and he's on the defense. <laughs> <laughs> I meant I meant there's one iconic character, you know, like so. It's got it's got to be Vincent Price, hasn't it? Got to be Vincent Price. Okay, what well, Vincent Price? Okay. Shakespearean actor takes poetic revenge on the critics who denied him recognition. And that's a really great thing. <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> that there is as good as the film gets, by the way. <laughs> Should we wrap this up? Yeah. Okay, without further hesitation, Alex, would you like to please kick off proceedings? I would love to. Uh, Dave, you know, it's your pick, you're defending it. So, it's, you know, from what I've heard about this film you guys talked about it before, it's a bit of an odd one. doesn't really always mm-hmm. fall into the easy categories. Tell me a little bit about what, what it's about and what is the film, essentially. Okay, well, I'll tell you why I brought this one to the table. I mentioned last week that I brought it here because it's not really scary by today's term. That's one thing we always think about when we think about horror films on this podcast. Like, is it scary or if it's an old film, is it still scary? This is a horror comedy. Now, it's it's very much in the horror genre. Vincent Price is possibly one of the most famous horror actors of all time. The man is synonymous with the genre. It is very much embedded in the horror genre. But also, it is played for laughs a lot of the time as well. And it's the way the film spins between those two things and makes it, you know, it's funny and yet it's horrific at the same time. And it is horrific at points. This is a very violent film for a film that came out in 1973. This is very grisly, very brutal, very bloody. And also I wanted to bring this to the table because Vincent Price, who else should we be talking about at Halloween but Vincent Price? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, and essentially what the film is about is it focuses on Edward Lionheart, who's this uh, Shakespearean actor, this thespian played by Vincent Price, who has faked his own death after being uh, denied one of the most prestigious acting awards and has now come back to wreak revenge on the critics who denied him that award and also gave him terrible reviews in his life. So it's kind of it was, it suggested that he was not actually that good an actor. He was a bit overdone. He, you know, he, uh, he chewed the scenery a lot. You know, consider consider a Shakespearean actor. We can all think of a few who have overdone it a bit in the past. That's who Lionheart is. Only now he's a serial killer. Yeah, you, you're interested yet? I am. You're hooked. I am. <laughs> it's like that episode of Frasier with Derek Jacobi. <laughs> <laughs> And basically what the film is about is about him taking that bloody revenge on these critics, killing them in the style of Shakespeare plays. Now, this was a a great moment for Vincent Price. He was delighted to get the script because he always wanted to do Shakespeare, never got the chance to do so. He was always typecast in horror roles, predominantly. Uh, So this was a great moment for him. He actually considers this film one of his favorite. I'm not saying saying his best, but he considers it one of his favorite films that he ever made. And you can tell that the man himself is loving this role. And the ensemble cast around him contains some real heavyweights from uh, from the British thespian scene, some of the biggest names in stage and in TV at the time. So that's essentially what the film is about. Okay, thanks very much. I'll (laughs) pass this straight over to the prosecution. What did you think of this film? I'll just uh, jump in quickly. So the plot is kind of crazy um i would say that that there is very very little plot actually the plot basically around as dave said he's kind of like a an actor he thinks he's good 
the critics kind of don't like him, you kind of get the the idea that it's actually personal rather than based on his ability. And they basically say he's shit. So because of that, he goes, you know what? I'm going to kill myself. So he jumps off the roof. He survives. And then based on those critics, he decides to kill them all one by one. And that is literally the plot. That's like kind of the first kind of what, five or ten minutes or something like that. And then the rest of the film is just him going from one critic to the next critic to the next critic to the next critic. There's no plot in between. There's no like dialogue or anything like that. It's just killing the people. And, you know, they, they kill the people in uh, the the kind of Shakespeare way. So they, they base one on like... Uh, uh, fuck, like know. Macbeth, yeah, like Macbeth. Take a pound of flesh, but yeah. it goes in order of whatever this the, guy. Merchant of Venice, with. come on, man. Merchant of Venice, <laughs> that's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mr. Doherty will be spinning, <laughs> spinning, spinning in his bed. bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Damn it, Ozzy, that's Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that that is literally it. That that that's the film sort of summed up, and um, the, there's really not much to go on here at all. Ozzy, would you? I'm guessing you're. I'm fully that. in that camp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, Gav, you look like you. Well, want to say I think you know what we were just talking about before when we said the Omen is that Ozzy said is that the original like, um, Final Destination. Mm-hmm. I think this film is the original Final Destination. But you, this isn't. This is is this not like the original? Um, what's that thing where they kill them all with the seven sins or whatever? Seven, yeah. It's more like that. Yeah, no, you know, you know, influence can be far-reaching. It doesn't have to have just influence one film. It's 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 uh, seven it's just, final destination it's sore throw in throw in ropes out for you guys so just... <laughs> but the thing is is that like what so what separates all of those films nothing essentially because it's you know a little bit of plot at the beginning and then it's a succession of like elaborate deaths isn't it and that is what this film is so it's as enjoyable as the, all those other films which are as enjoyable it's as enjoyable as joel's uh halloween or well, sorry halloween uh, film feels pick that he's had three weeks on the bounce so it's you know it is as um as, as enjoyable as that okay dave uh yeah i just want to tell you a little bit about these deaths because some of them really are quite ingenious um i th- like um joel said we got the pound of flesh where he essentially and the critics remark on this only he would be arrogant enough to rewrite shakespeare where imagine if shylock did get his pound of flesh which essentially he acts out on one of the critics who Ooh. uh exactly it's a pretty gruesome scene uh, michael horden is the first critic to have been killed very established british actor and he is killed on march 15th by a crowd as he's trying to clear these these vagrants out of a building a la julius caesar in in the ads of march he's to death by a crowd that one that one was genuinely uh gripping mm-hmm. it was because a good one i thought you know i'm gonna have to give this a bit of cut this a bit of slack oh, here because I, I, it felt yeah. like a um it feels like a 70s tv show you know like one of those um who done it? Maybe like mm. a live action Scooby Doo or something. <laughs> <laughs> the villain like, normally was Vincent Price. In that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, right. just out of interest, how many are we talking? How many different critics does he take out? Okay, so you got uh, Oliver Larding, who's drowned in a barrel of wine, as of the uh, Duke of Clarence and Richard the Third. You've got Robert Morley, who is force fed uh, pies made from his own dogs. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, a la, a la Queen Tamora in Titus Andronicus, who has fed her children. Um, you got Chloe Moon, who is electrocuted, um, basically set, has a head set on fire uh, to mimic the burning of Joan of Arc in Henry IV. Uh, you've got uh, Horace Sprout, who is decapitated while sleeping next to his wife, sort of a, a Cymbeline, Cloton's death in Cymbeline. Uh, you got Hector Snipe, who is speared and dragged behind horses like Hector, Jolius and Cressida. And you've got Simon Soldry, who um, isn't killed, but is forced to kill his own wife uh, after being manipulated into a, a jealous fit of rage. So you got it. And also there's another duel with one of the critics who eventually survives the film with uh, Devlin. They have a Romeo and Juliet style duel 
with sabres. And all of this is complete with Vincent Price quoting Shakespeare at them the entire time. The irony of it all, you know, the, the brutality behind it. Okay, so I'm getting the brutality, I'm getting the Shakespeare thing, but Dave was talking about being a comedy. So I'll come back to you in a minute, Dave. That, like prosecution, what do you say that, about the that? The entire line of it, when Dave said this is meant to be a horror comedy, that, that was genuinely a shock to me. Why that, you don't? What the, there was it was there was zero fun. no indication it was meant to be funny. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it was not funny in the slightest. It didn't feel like it was. It felt like it was camp in that just that's the era. That's okay. that, maybe that's just the style of film generally, but it wasn't uh, like a little bit hokey anyway. But it's not. It wasn't funny. If anything, it's some bits are just gruesome for the time. You wouldn't have thought it'd be funny. Like the feeding of somebody's dog, I guess was maybe meant to be a a joke. Because it's, you know, it's sort of uh, cleverish, but it's, um, yeah, if anything, that was just a little bit, a little bit too, I don't know, it's just a bit gruesome. It just didn't feel funny at all. There was no bits of it where I thought, ah, that was No, no lines was people funny. were saying that were if, like, I mean, that, comic lines. Sh- well, it's just up. Shakespeare, isn't it? It's just, some well, of that maybe, because it's a bit like juxtaposition of a guy murdering someone while quoting Shakespeare, but yeah. And uh, Joel, did you find, were you chuckling? Yeah, I was just going to pretty much say the same thing as Ozzy. I, I did actually try and find out if they actually meant to make it as a horror comedy because it, it isn't obvious at all. And I think that the comedy part is actually some of the deaths like being based on Shakespeare and how he, like when he kills people, he recites like a bit of Shakespeare when he does it and that type of thing. And I kind of felt like that was meant to be the comedy part, but it's not obvious. And I think the most you'll do is, is smile. Okay, Gav? I would argue that the comedy part is is blatant and it is obvious, and it's not necessarily the bits where he's killing people. Those are like the the horror bits, but the lead up to it, like Vincent Price in a succession of disguises, you know, disguised as you know nineteen sixties hippie, like with this giant afro, um, you know, and this the open shirt, you know, pretending to be a hairdresser. There's another one, that one that Ozzy was talking about, where the critic has fed a pie with his own dogs in. That, the way that starts, it's like, this is your life, but it's about bacon. You know, like it's where they kind of pitch up at somebody's house uh, and surprise them with food from their past or something. And it's just like, this is your pie or something. And it's obviously a big joke. You know, once again, there's him with a big mustache. He's very flamboyant. He's a very over the top character. He's playing it for laughs, you know, and, and then it ends. So it's like, it's the lead up to the deaths is the funny part. And then it's like, oh, actually, no, remember, this is a horror. So the, the deaths are quite gruesome. So there's that sort is that of jarring? juxtaposition. Is that jarring between the comedy and then the, but the horror? Not, not really, because I think it's done very well. You know, if it would have been, if the horror elements would have been a little bit, you know, slapsticky, then it might have been. And I don't think it's, it's very jarring. It, they are different, but it, they kind of, you can see them turning. So a lot of the time, at the at the wine tasting one where he uh, drowns the critic in a vat of wine, uh, you can uh, at the beginning that's for laughs, but he starts slowly becoming more sinister and becoming more angry when in the delivery of his lines. But you can tell, so sometimes it like kind of builds up. Okay, Dave. Mm. Yeah, I'm just gonna say it is. Gav's absolutely right. It is all about the build up, not just with Vincent Price as well, but Diana Rigg also yeah. contributes heavily to these build ups. She's playing his daughter, who is essentially aiding him with his crimes. Spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> but um and yeah it is all about the build-up and vincent price you got to remember this man exuded presence you cannot take your eyes off him when he's on screen you are laughing along with him with these big flamboyant characters which basically the disguises aren't even that good if these people watched him in a play for three hours they'd remember his face and it's just my god it's you sort of kind of moments as just before the the killing blow and because the deaths are so gruesome they really are brutal for 1973 remember there's a lot of blood going on here you know when when hector is speared 
you see the bloody spear point come out the, come out of his back. You know, it is savage. Um, and Chloe being electrocuted and burned alive, essentially. And even the um, the Robert Morley being force-fed his own dogs is so well shot that you've got this kind of claustrophobic, it kind of zooms in on his face as the funnel, you know, the kind of forcing the pies down his mouth. And it goes back up to Vincent Price, kind of from his perspective, from the other end of the funnel. It's very claustrophobic. So you do feel like you're suffocating with him almost. All right, Joel? Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to to throw a bit of a curveball into the um, Oof, please, into, please the, do. into the pitch. <laughs> um, it, it's just about how how homeless people are portrayed in this film as well. Uh, so we may not have mentioned, but es- essentially what happens is Vincent Price uh, kind of goes to kill himself. Um, he's he's more or less saved, like he basically washes up on the shore by a bunch of. Uh, like homeless people, or, or I can't even remember what they're called. I think the thing calls them vagrants. They're, they're vagrants. They are meth drinkers. Uh, but they're basically a bunch of bumbling morons. Um, you know, they don't have their own mind. He just tells them what to do, and they all kind of follow him around. And they, yeah. uh, it's all very poorly done. I mean, you could say it's the time, you know, 1973. You know, maybe we didn't have as high standards as we do and now. They, have, they, they just like lavish him with praise because he's, you know, an educated man and he's a. Uh, so he's there. Well, he, like, manipulates, no, he manipulates them and tells them what they to do. They don't really lavish him with praise. You know, he tries to perform shakes before him. They're not interested in the slightest. They're, they're interested. They drink meths. That's that purple liquid that they keep passing around. So their bodies are basically coming apart at the seams. They're drinking meths, for Christ's sake. I think that's why they chose to make them meths drinkers. So they are in the grips of an addiction, and they are. this is taking its real toll on their sanity and on their physical uh, capabilities. That's why they're not just vagrants, not just regular people who have found themselves down and out and out in the luck. These are people with serious addictions and problems. And that's why he's kind of made them so manipulated. Okay, interesting. Well, I like your curveball. You got any more? <laughs> <laughs> throw, throw them in, uh, Joel. Right. Uh, like a lot of horror, especially maybe from this time. What are special effects like? You know, it's the seventies, so you know sometimes effects and then could be very good. It sounds like there's a lot of gruesome stuff with the electrocution and the spears and stuff like that. I, I think effects wise, it's it's gruesome. It's it's of a of an elk of that 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 era. Yeah, they're um, they're, you know, some of the explosions are. Good, you know, towards the end when he throws are they, the. Are they fire kind of up. quite visceral. You are like, whoa. Uh, I, w- you know? I would say some of the effects like are good, but a lot of the time it uses, I would say, more kind of clever camera work rather than using effects. So, yeah. like, yeah, it yeah. is very for, clever camera work, though. <laughs> that's what I did get. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't worry, Dave, I did get that. For, yeah. for, for example, like, you know, when uh, there's a scene where he's cutting off um, oh, yeah, the yeah, husband's yeah. head, basically, rather than showing him cut off his head, he'll get like a saw and then the camera will go like somewhere else. And it'll show like his arm doing a shot or in motion, so you won't actually yeah. see like okay. any type of you know really uh, gruesome stuff. Yeah, like visceral yeah. effects or anything like you that. Hear it, and then you, you yeah. hear the sword. I, I think that. That of a... all the deaths, I think that one was the one that affected me the most because you can hear it and you're like you see this like like blood just jettison all over like Vincent Price and Diana Rigg, and you're kind of like, Ugh, you know, but do you though? Like it, 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 like there's a there's a bit in that scene where one of the, the homeless people that, that's with him like kind of dabs his face as if like he's got blood on there, but there's no blood on his face. That was something yeah, I noticed. That, that, that was a comedy. That was, he was dabbing sweat because he was like, he was, he was a, but there you was know, nothing like on his face. There was, there was absolutely nothing on his face. So I, I, I thought, you know, like some of the effects were good for for the time, but I just thought that some of them were lazy. Maybe that was budgetary or something. I'm not sure, but... It, you can definitely notice it when you watch it the first time today. Yeah, Dave, if, if Dave I, I can see you're begging to differ. Yeah, no, 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 not at all, really. I, I agree with what Joel's saying. The effects are, you know, beautifully shot, and it is all in the way it is shot more than anything else. It was 1973, and so the effects uh, are... Hold up, hold. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sustained. I'm going to listen. No, no, we'll, we'll hear Dave out. 
The effects are <laughs> dated by today's standards, but for the time in which they were done, these were actually brilliant effects, and the thought and the effort that went into them was impressive. After the pound of flesh is, is cut from one of the critics, it's actually steaming in his hand. You know, this hot flesh has just come out, and it's steaming in the cold air, and it's kind of that kind of attention to detail I thought was really impressive in 1973. You know, they really thought about this. Objection. Okay, my objection is Joel never said beautifully shot. Classic camera. Clever camera work. Clever camera work. That's camera two work. very different things. Okay? Gone to what's the difference? What's the difference? Beautifully shot. You know, maybe let's talk Gattaca, Tree of Life. Tree of Life. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Dave, Dave, do you want to come on that point at all? <laughs> How much do you want Theatre of Blood on the hit list, Dave? <laughs> I would say it is beautifully shot with some clever camera work. Okay, okay. That, so that, I forgot about that heart scene, actually. So it does, they, they have tried to think about things like that to, to make it you know, stand out a little bit, but, um, but that steam comes out. It's almost like a pipe of, of, uh, smoke coming out, which it probably was but <laughs> three or four, three or four seconds after he's, he's holding up. So you stare at the, you stare at the meat and then out comes the smoke. It's kind of like, where's that coming from? Why is that happens? But it's, um, so yeah, it, it's been thought about, but it's not all of it is very well done, but You've got to cut it a bit of slack because it's 1973. Okay. Uh, I've got like two more things to talk about. First one, performances. How do we think the car- the actors did? <laughs> um, Dave. Okay, by all means. Um, this is a stellar cast, and I do mean stellar. I mean, obviously you've got Vincent Price, like I say. I've, I've talked about him. But how did they act? They may be great names, but, <laughs> but how is their acting? I'd say brilliant. I'd say everyone really pulls the weight on this one. I just want to talk about the caliber of the cast. Vincent Price and Diana Rigg do great work on this. You know, their comic timing is excellent. I've got to say the critics, it's like the creme de la creme of British TV and British stage at the start of the 1970s. Michael Horder and Harry Andrews all giving fantastic performances. Genuinely brilliant. You've got Milo O'Shea and Eric Sykes as well who play the, the police officers uh, who are trying to track Lionheart down and preempt these murders. And I think it's all, everyone is playing it so well. I know everyone's playing to their strengths. Vincent Price has been cast in a horror role, finally gets to do some Shakespeare, but he's still playing to his strengths. Eric Sykes' uh, police sergeant is very much, he was a comic actor, Eric Sykes, and he's playing kind of a, a comic relief kind of role. It everyone does a good turn in this i'd have to say uh gav would you yeah yeah no i was just laughing when dave says like the caliber of, of the <laughs> you know it, i mean yeah they, they all did great performances but it wasn't like you know um i'm just trying to think of a film where they've got like an all-star cast <laughs> or part yeah it wasn't like, like the departed no offense dave i mean you know they, they were big names in the tv but uh, you know, I know a lot of people, but I was watching it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Looking at IMDb, they are pretty, of the time, they are Oh, quite, yeah, yeah. Of the time. It's just, you know, yeah. a lot of these people, they were elderly when they started, when they were yeah. playing these critics. They passed away 30 years ago. You know, yeah. they're not well known. They'd have been big names back then, though. Yeah, right? but I, I do agree that the performances are really good, especially Vincent Price. You can tell that he is absolutely loving it. You know, he, as Dave said, he never got the chance to play Shakespeare, and this is him just in his element. And it's mixing like his two passions, essentially, or maybe his passion and, you know, his, his job, what he's, what he's known for. So he's doing the horror, he's doing Shakespeare, and you can just tell he's in his element. Okay, so are we going to give him Vincent Price prosecution? <laughs> no, I'm going to completely disagree. You know, I, I kind of say, you know, imagine Lionel Messi playing basketball. That, that's what Vincent Price does to, to, to Shakespeare. Like, he's obviously great at horror, but some of the accents that he puts on, especially when he's doing the Shakespearean scenes, are just, are just absolutely fucking horrendous. Like, like it really is bad. Um, like, I'm not going to take the, the horror scenes away from him. Uh, you know, he's obviously a bit very good at that. And 
the rest of the cast uh, are kind of very admissible as well. Like there's a scene at the end. Um, you'll have to forgive me. I can't remember the the, the woman's name in 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 it. But basically, um, she gets knocked on the head by uh, like uh, fallen rafters. Uh, yeah. No, no, oh, it's, no, it's, yeah, like, it's, a, it's, it's like an it's, ornament. It's, it's, the, it's the trophy. It's the award that he wanted. She gets cracked in the back of the oh, skull. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was thinking, oh Jesus, you know that that would probably hurt. Um, but like her acting is just horrendous and actually and actually it turns out that that she dies in his arms like about 20 seconds later and it was like well she's she's either just been hit on the back of the head which would you know give her like knock her out and then she'd probably die you know unconscious or it it just hurt a little bit and it, it just kind of felt like very badly done and and her kind of uh, acting i don't think portrayed uh, the seriousness of that injury at all. I was really, really surprised when she actually died because because of her acting, I didn't understand what was going on. I, I reckon mean, we I do mean, a Mythbusters, I mean, take Joel out into the garden, <laughs> smack him over the head with something and see how well he does. If I, if I may, we know the outcome of that. It, and yeah, no, she either would have, like Joel said, died unconscious or, you know, been all right. It's, it felt very Shakespeare, I think is the word Joel's looking for. It's very Shakespeare. People get these this chance to speak before they die, even after they've suffered mortal injuries. They get to give her these final, these beautifully eloquent words. It was Shakespeare. It was, don't take that too seriously. It was Shakespeare. And if I may say about Vincent Price's accents, he nailed his accent for this. Vincent Price is American, and he does a faultless British accent throughout the entire film. Now, the accents when he's playing like a... <laughs> Dave. Dave staring us in the eyes. No, 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 no. I wish I was filming it. I the, do. Other, I do. the other accents, which, yes, are terribly delivered, like his French accent when he's playing the chef and things like that, <laughs> I think yeah. they are deliberately bad because he's not meant to be that good an actor in this. Edward Lionheart is meant to be a very overrated actor most of all by himself so i think the dodgy accents then are deliberate they are meant to show he's a bad actor when we talk about um shakespearean and the accent i'm gonna say yeah okay the the british accent's fine because you know what it feels like have you ever been to watch shakespeare when it's been done by been done badly that's School what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, and 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 I know he's not meant to be the best Shakespearean actor. Just in his head, he is. But it feels throughout the entire hour and forty-three minutes, or depending on whether you watch it on YouTube or Amazon, <laughs> you vary by a few minutes either side. But it's um, it's a long, it's just along those lines of watching a poorly done like montage of Shakespeare scenes, and and that is essentially the point of the of the of the film but okay that can be uh, does drag a bit so i'll just confuse on this i got the sense that vincent price is meant to be hamming it up right mm-hmm. so if he's hamming it up then maybe that's what it's meant to be would you disagree with that like he's not hamming know. it up in those scenes no no he, he, he is hamming it up but he's and, and that's grating yeah in some ways because it's just all of the really the, the worst bits of a shakespeare play is what you're watching the the worst um classic classical shakespeare um sort of players when they do that and you know and they're essentially shouting the lines and uh you know it's just so you know, the, the classic shakespearean thespian okay that sort of feeling so it might be intentional so but... yeah it's like all of the stuff that make you switch off in english when you're when you're a kid <laughs> like that why, why would you do that when there's great versions of shakespeare these days you know we watched 
Romeo and Juliet. For oh, the, come on. For the, <laughs> the podcast. Like, it was, podcast, like, yeah, like, yeah. It was yeah. great. He's, he's, he's playing Aussie's, to the judge. Aussie's playing to the judge well. I mean, I'm loving it. Uh, right. Fucking uh, hell. You know, we, he's talking about like stage adaptations. He's talking about like you're to, you're some of the great in your own Shakespeare grave, you are, actors really like Kenneth Branagh. Like, and then you've got great adaptations like Baz Luhrmann's <laughs> fucking Romeo Don't and Don't laugh. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Right, I'll, I'll mark, mark that down. <laughs> uh, sorry, Dave, Gav's really screwing the pooch on this one for you. Okay, uh, <laughs> right. He's doing the what? Uh, screwing the pooch. Screwing the pooch. Wow. I've never I heard that they before. They didn't do that before. I guess we need to, if you've not heard it before, it probably sounds really graphic. Actually. <laughs> I mean, that pie was incredibly juicy. Well. <laughs> oh, Jesus oh, Christ. Oh. No, no. <laughs> Moving on to my final point, right? Just to just to wrap things up, I just want to find out, like, were you scared watching this film, um, or you know, if it's a horror comedy, were you laughing, and were you scared at different points? Defense, like to be yeah, prosecution. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah. To be fair, it's, it's not that type of film. I don't think it's meant to be scary. I think the horror element is exactly like what Dave said. It's the it's the gruesome deaths, like the way that people are killed, and so watching it on screen. I I don't really know too much about horror films, but I presume. Um, you know, it was relatively new at that time to to see such uh, you know graphic deaths on screen, and I think that's where the, the horror element comes in. <clears throat> there were there were times where it was it was interesting. You wanted to know how it was going to turn out because you already know like what the death is in some ways. You know, you've got the gist the gist of the death because they essentially tell you beforehand. As soon as they start working out why he's killing them, you know what the death is going to be. And it's like, if like, you paid okay, attention in English class, to <laughs> Shakespeare, you didn't pay attention in English class. So <laughs> do you not give me that. Yeah. I know for a fact you didn't pay attention in any class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And look at me now, <laughs> failed actor waiting to kill any critics. <laughs> yeah, like, like <laughs> piss him off, Ozzy. <laughs> if all the people who left uh, bad one-star reviews on films on childish start in like in deaths of films that we reviewed. <laughs> I'm just okay. trying to think. One of them gets scalped and shown to achieve me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right, and the last thing to the de- defence, like, is it scary? Did you find it scary? Or like, you know, you agree with Joel? Like, I agree with Joel. Yes. That's essentially why I okay. brought this film to the fore because we talk about, you know, is it scary? You know, as, as that's the yeah. be-all and end-all. I brought this one to the table because of the age of the film, because how we've moved along. No, this isn't particularly scary, but it is firmly in the horror genre. Okay. I do also think that in 1973, this would have been scary. Like, Just because it's so graphic. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we talk about <laughs> Suspiria, uh, which is on the wrong list. What, what are you doing? Are you just like <laughs> trying to piss me off here? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that, that, that shouldn't matter, remember? You might leave your own feelings at the door. There's only so much a man can take, Dave. <laughs> no, but, you know, like 1977, like for, for its time, that was very scary. Like this was made, you know, so many years beforehand. And I, I think that at that point, there wouldn't have been that many films that would have been that graphic and that violent and that visceral. The, you know, so even the, the funny bits would have been funny, but the horror bits, I think they would have been a lot more scary than they are today. And because, you know, like times change and we've become desensitized with films like Saw and Final Destination, looking back at it now, it's not scary, but it's still enjoyable. That's what you can say. I, I think it would have been funnier. Yeah. In, in 73, I think uh, people would have found All it funnier. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm happy to wrap it up there unless anyone's got any final points to want to bring. Okay. Uh, no, who, but do you remember what Gab said about you at the start of the show? I, I don't remember lots of the arguments you made about it. I've just remembered most of Gab's... <laughs> <laughs> most totally of Gab's fine. insults oh, seem to be okay, what yeah. Sorry, Just Dave. the things he said about the bad films and then films <laughs> he thinks are good which aren't good. <laughs> it's, it's kind of taking me off topic. Anyway, um, just remember though the Joel Bolton mother on the shit list. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I kind of hate you all. <laughs> anyway, I've been very quiet. <laughs> Almost uh, like the Invisible Man. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Do we have a quiz? Yeah, Gav, you yes, quiz on. Yes, yes. Uh, so this is all about modern day Shakespeare adaptations in a quiz I like to call "Setting the Bard Very Low." Hey. Uh, or as Siobhan said before, "Good or Bard Adaptations." Uh, no. I should, <laughs> Oh, sorry, so, so they just <laughs> gone for the first it. one. You know, if she asks later on, you, you laughed wholeheartedly at that one. <laughs> uh, okay, so starting off with probably the most famous one. Now, this is going to be a two-part um, question and answer thing. So every every question is going to have two uh, answers. Henry the Fourth, Part One. Henry the Fourth, Part Two. Um, I'm right. going to say this is Baz Luhrmann, right. and Juliet. Okay, right. So Aussie's half right is in. You need to buzz in. Minus one point for Dave for jumping the gun. Uh, no, actually, minus two points for Dave. Minus one point for Aussie for just being arrogant. Um, well, I don't need to answer any, and I'll probably still win. Okay, so number one, right? So all you've got to do is first buzz in and tell me the the play that it's adapted from, and then there'll be a follow up question. Okay, so starting with. The Disney classic, The Lion King, tells the tale of Simba the Lion's journey <laughs> to becoming king of the pride. <laughs> What's it an adaptation of? Ozzy, I'm going to give it to you first. I'm going to say it is Disney's adaptation of Macbeth. Oh, you <laughs> fucked it. <laughs> minus, <laughs> minus one point. Uh, Dave. It's Hamlet. Okay, well done. You're, oh. on, you're on minus one now. We were only talking about this downstairs. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> All you had to do was just remember some of the little salt here previously. Yeah, yeah. Okay. from Dave. I forgot he was there. <laughs> Now, is there a second second question for that? Name the actors who voiced adult Simba in Ooh. both 1994 and 2009 adaptations. Uh, 94. Uh, I didn't hear a buzz. <laughs> oh, buzz. I, yeah. thought, I thought it just went to me. No, 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 no. I also thought it was that. Oh, no, anybody can buzz. Anybody can buzz. Are they minus points for question your quiz? Because me and Joe are doing well. Another minus point for us. I thought it was like university challenge. No, no, go on. So, Dave. The recent one, was it Donald Glover? Yep. And nine nine four Matthew Broderick. Well done, Dave. You're on to naught. He's got one point. He's got one point now. Uh, okay, so question number two. Oh, is the tale of deceit and murder in a southern boarding school, but what is an adaptation of? Oh. Oh. It was a, it was a, it was a film with uh, Josh Hartnett in um, 1999, 2000. Oh, yeah, that film. Okay. Um, it's called Oh. Uh, Othello. I'm gonna give it. Take his balls. <laughs> you know, what? I'm gonna let Alex have this. Yeah, one. go on. Yeah, you can yeah, have you it, can Alex, because you're so happy about it. Okay, so uh, this question to everyone: The soldiers of Othello are depicted as high school students, but what are the battles updated to? Ozzy is a uh, rounders. Mm, oh no! Gone. High school football. No. Anybody else? A dance off. No. <laughs> Getting colder. Basketball. Well done, Dave. Is basketball. <laughs> basketball oh, games. Well okay, so uh, number three, Warm Bodies follows a living and dead love story, but which classic is it adapted from? Is it Romeo and Juliet? Well done, Ozzy. Yes, it is Romeo and Juliet. And which actor played the lead zombie R? Uh, the guy from... Uh, Go, go on, <laughs> Dave. It was that you? Yeah, is it Nicholas Holt? Well done, yeah. yeah that is the answer. Not, oh, is it the uh, <laughs> guy from uh, Skins? Or skins or <laughs> okay, question number four. And I want like all of you to get this because it's been a previous question. Uh, Forbidden Planet, watch the seat there, Ozzy. Uh, Forbidden Planet <laughs> is the tale of a crew who ends up being stranded on a seemingly utopian planet, but what's it an adaptation of? Bzz. 
Well done, Alex, the Tempest, yeah. yeah. Um, so what is the name of the iconic robot? Alex? Robbie the Robot? Yes, well done. Woo! Nice. Okay, question number five, 10 things I hate about you. Is the story set in 1990s? Taming of a Shrew. Um, yes, Alex, Taming of the Shrew, correct. And <laughs> what song does Heath Ledger serenade Julia Stiles with? Ooh. I don't want to know this. <laughs> Should know it. It's a good film. Better than fucking Romeo and Juliet. Well, yeah. Yeah. Is it Sending the Clowns? No. <laughs> Somebody watched Joke at the weekend. <laughs> um, no, anybody else? Nah, I don't remember. No. Okay, it's Can't Take My Eyes Off You. Remember? Ba-da, 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 whatever. Anyway, number six. She's the man starring Amanda Bynes, uh, where she pretends to be a twin brother to get in the college soccer oh. team. What's it an update of? Biz, biz, biz. Yeah. Winter's Tale? No. Go on. Hamlet? Oh, fucking Hamlet, girl. Hamlet. No. No. No, it's the... <laughs> It's about a, a girl who dresses as her brother. Uh, Gone. Merchant of Venice. Oh, no, but yeah, I'll give you a point because you're closer than everybody. I've you're definitely closer seen Hamlet. It. I've definitely seen this. Play it's it's Twelfth Night. Oh, oh, I have. Seen How that is play Merchant recently? of Venice closer to Twelfth Night than Hamlet? Because cross dressing. Yeah, because oh, yeah, okay. yeah, Viola um, yeah, dresses as, uh, I, as, I, as a guy. That is a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, which punky <laughs> megastar appeared in one of his first film roles as Duke or C? You know. Oh. Go on. Channing Tatum. Yes, well done, Alex. Well done. <laughs> and a bonus question, name another film in which Channing Tatum played a character called Duke. Mm, is it Magic, Magic Mike? Mike? It's called fucking Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was, uh, it was uh, G.I. Joe. Um, yeah. uh, right, okay, the next question is, get over it, is the tale of a high school, uh, sorry, a high school that puts on a production of which Shakespeare classic? Oh, okay. Just, uh, go on. Midsummer Night's Dream. Well done, Dave. Hey. Yes. And um, which actress who started as a child in horror, who then went on to play a famous superhero love interest, starred as the lead? We've done two of her films on this. The one where she was a child in a horror film and... <laughs> Uh, Spider-Man 3. Oh. <laughs> First and done. Yes. Yeah, well yeah. done. Uh, number nine, West Side Story is the story of American and Puerto Rican street gangs and it's adapted from Alex. Romeo and Juliet. Yes. And which director is directing a remake of the classic musical next year? I hope Baz Luhrmann. No. <laughs> You're wrong. I hope he leaves musicals. Uh, anybody? No. Nope. Uh, probably, I don't know, the most famous director alive today. This is Wes Anderson. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Minus 10 points. Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah, well yeah. done, Joel Spielberg. Fuck you, Dave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not buzzing anymore. Yeah, I'm not buzzing. <laughs> At number 10, uh, Sons of Anarchy is a tale of revenge, tragedy, and power struggle in a modern-day motorcycle gang. Uh, well done, Dave. Here's Hamlet. <laughs> I'm not buzzing anymore. <laughs> not playing these games. Um, now, Dave recommended the seven series show to me. Uh, but at which point in watching it did I lose interest? The Irish uh, season. In the Irish season, what was that? Season, season three. three. three? Uh, no, Alex? Season season one. Uh, episode one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we watched it all anyway. I did watch it all. I watched every fucking episode of it. And at the end I was like, why? That doesn't seem like a man that lost interest to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I'm done. Oh, right, thanks. Uh, so, uh... So this one's a bit of an odd one, really. I wasn't kind of expecting what this film was about. I thought it would be more straight horror. Um, I, d- I was kind of convinced that 
there's a lot of for the time a lot of graphic violence it's pretty that's kind of innovative it's pretty interesting just make me want to give it quite a lot of points having not heard of it i think what i was really sort of going to judge this film on does it sound like a a hidden gem that like dave's unearthed and you know it does sound like vincent price you know it does sound like a lot of the character actors of the time and stuff were in it um but i don't think it does sound quite dated now a lot of the points that were being brought up about you know the homeless people i think about the the graphic violence which at the time would have been innovative might not be so much now so even though i think um dave obviously loves it a great deal and i can can feel the radiation coming from him right now i i don't think that this is an an old gem that's that's been uh forgotten about it's kind of seems like a film that's been forgotten about perhaps for a reason so i'm gonna put it on the shit list so sorry dave <laughs> you, you, you okay buddy <laughs> uh wow well, okay uh should we get some honest opinions okay so we definitely know that dave really likes it yes dave um if i may Go on. dave sleeps with this coffee it's all every right night. oh it's, it's okay it's, well done picking a film that's just all right yeah it's very dated it, it is very dated this is absolutely right i just wanted to bring it because we don't do a lot of films like this we don't do a lot of films that were like before 1990 mm-hmm. so i wanted to do something different and it is a horror classic it's vincent price who like is definitive of halloween for so many people because of his voice work on thriller i thought this would be an interesting one for us to discuss so it's it's an okay film it's nothing too special um mm. i i yeah i like it but you know i like a lot of shit so <laughs> what do you know i, I know exactly <laughs> what do i know just kind of hosting a film a film podcast <laughs> <laughs> but like, i i i went um round to dave's about 10 years ago and we got absolutely bladdered on rum and we watched it and i thought it was fucking brilliant and i hadn't seen it since and i watched it and i was like it is good but the rum does help <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i, I thought it was probably fine at the time it was a bit boring it, it just felt a bit like a, a long set of like a tv series could have been it was it was all right but you would have put it on this shit list. I, I, I would have put it on a shit list yeah joe uh it's really really hammy like it's 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 hard to watch it today but you know what when you kind of put yourself in the kind of 1973 shoes it's actually really really decent so i probably would have put it on the hit list Oof. Oof. Ooh. Uh, okay, so um, there are opinions. What did our uh, listeners think of it? Well, um, I put up a poll on Twitter and asked our friends and followers to vote, and they seventy-three percent of them decided that it should be placed on the hit list. Uh, so, what did the critics and the audience think of it? Well, did it score higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Mother, which got sixty-nine percent critical response and fifty percent audience response? I'm going to say higher. I'm going to go for higher. Mother, I guess the only, was, it's the only people reviewing it would be people who are fans. Right? Mother was very polarizing, and I think this has become a cult classic. It yeah. is very so. Revealing. So, uh, so a lot of these reviews as well are from critics who reviewed it at the time, and then there's also reviews from critics now watching it back in retrospective. Has Roger Ebert <laughs> reviewed this? He gave it um, uh, two dog pies out of five. <laughs> <laughs> he, he changed his, uh, his ratings after this one. Yeah. I'm going to say higher. Higher? Uh, yeah. Okay, so most of you are right. It is significantly higher. Uh, critical response is uh, 91%. Holy shit. Wow. I think yeah, that's like the highest one we've ever had. And the audience response is 83%. It is, uh, a, it is a cult classic. What can I say? It is, yeah. Uh, so, like uh, Halloween 3. Just like Halloween <laughs> 3. They say it's the Halloween 
2023 <laughs> of Shakespearean horror films. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, so before we call it uh, a day, I think it's time for a bit of a caption contest. So what I do here is I take a screenshot of the film and I put it on Twitter for our friends and followers to provide a funny caption with the best one winning a chocolatey frog-shaped treat. Okay, so all you guys have got to do is pick the funniest one. Uh, now, the caption itself is the critic that we were speaking about before, uh, Robert Morley's Meredith Meridue. That's right, isn't it, Dave? That's right. Uh, who was being, at the time of this clip, force-fed a pie containing his own dogs. Um, now, all you guys have got to do is pick the funniest, starting with number one. That wasn't my toothpaste. That was expanding foam. Whoa, <laughs> what a nut I am. <laughs> uh, number two. All the quotes coming to mind here are too gross. <laughs> Uh, number three damn it that rabies shot is not working <laughs> number four he quickly realised the folly in not asking for a doggy bag <laughs> that's very good uh, next one is drinking beer with a mouthful of popping candy seemed like a good idea at the time <laughs> uh, very similar one next I knew I shouldn't have eaten that Mentos with my Diet Coke uh, number four or whatever one um, uh, when you're stuffing your face with whipped cream and you suddenly hear your mum walking through the door <laughs> Uh, the next one is that fifth dentist was right <laughs> uh, god damn I love Twinkies and the last one is is that ginger dead man with Gary Busey um, it's not and no one should ever talk about that film ever again. <laughs> okay so, uh, so which one do you reckon guys I did like doggy bag I'm gonna go for the whipped cream one I think whipped cream. Doggy bag was funny. I think, yeah, I think I'm going to go whipped cream. I think doggy bag gets extra points though because he's obviously seen the film. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. So you know what? In an uncalled for move, I'm going to say both winner Freddo. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So congratulations to uh, Kevin Shea and also to Mackenzie Lambert. You guys have just won yourself some flippity Freddos. Okay, so just before we call it a day, I wanted to give a shout out to one of our podcasting friends. Uh, this is The Hilo. It's a great show hosted by Pandora and Dolly. Uh, they discuss a variety of different current affair topics each week, like what's happening in the news, uh, the latest books, TV shows, podcasts, and just like us, films. Now, it's a really, really great show. The hosts have amazing chemistry and they're really engaging and their views and opinions are always very interesting and very informative as well. I'd highly recommend checking out um, their review of Once Upon a Time in, in, in Hollywood. Uh, it, it also covers the book, She Said, by the genus who broke the Harvey Weinstein story. So it's a very, very good episode. Uh, check them out on Spotify or Apple Playlists, sorry, Apple Podcasts, which uh, the Hilo, just type in the Hilo, just, you know, you'll sort that out. And you can check them out on Twitter at the Hilo Show. So next week's film will continue the Halloween Horror Month and it's going to be Joel's pick of Eli. Now, unlike previous weeks where we've picked some of our favourite underrated horror films, Joel's gone for a brand spanking new film that isn't even out yet. Mm -hmm. It is released on Friday on Netflix. Why would you do that, Joel? Um, just to highlight, really, the tyranny that um, the rest of us have to put up with and, <laughs> and being under under your rule, because every, every every other pick that I suggested Gav vetoed because it was apparently too good. And I, bear in mind, I've only seen 12 horror films, so it was hard. <laughs> so I picked one that's brand new, and apparently, um, I can't remember the directors and producers, but they've done some decent shit. So if you go on Wikipedia and have a look, they've done some decent films. In That's the in the, uh, the trailer, isn't it? From the directors of some decent shit. One of the insidious films is, is mentioned, and I can't, I can't remember the other ones. <laughs> 
Uh, the other the other 11 films Joel's watched are all so <laughs> yeah uh, okay so Joel uh, as you picked it you'll obviously be defending it but all of the other roles have been picked out of the hat at random so in the role of defense joining Joel is going to be Alex in the roles of prosecution are going to be Dave and Ozzy which means that I will be playing the judge that week so just want to say thank you to everybody who's listened to this episode if you like the episode please remember to like share and subscribe tell all your friends tell all your family perform a violent and camp one person play based on our episodes um i wouldn't endorse any murders though so please do not do that um or unless or, it gets the message out there no don't, <laughs> don't, don't and don't make any dog pies as well hey <laughs> no dog pies uh, now just spread the warm love that is films on trial in as many years as possible and why not leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts if you like the show that is it and if you didn't like the show, leave us a five-star review anyway, because why not? And if um, you don't leave us a five-star review, <laughs> you don't want to see what happened. <laughs> now, check out our Twitter page, at Film Trials. Check out our fantastic graphic artist, while you're there, Winston Sang, at the underscore quirks. And check out our website, filmsontrial.co.uk. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for weekly content. So that is it. Theatre of Bloods is another shit. Three weeks on the bounce. We will hopefully be back in your ears next week with Eli. Goodbye.